Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast, or welcome back if you have been a regular listener for some time now. Um, Today I'm recording a bonus episode for you guys for the week and just because I've had a lot of thoughts lately and really felt like sharing it on a bonus one and as you guys know I usually release the bonus episode on Friday or Saturday and today I'm just recording this on Saturday morning and then we'll be releasing it to you guys later today. So with that being said, I will just preface that this episode is going to be a lot of free-flowing thoughts. I don't even know what I'm going to title this episode yet, but it's just going to be a lot of things that I have realized from revisiting the Hawkins scale of consciousness and overall the book known as Letting Go by Dr. David Hawkins, which I mentioned in an episode last year around October, I think it was like mid end of October, that I released an episode about the secret to getting what you want. And uh, that one actually did really well with you guys. I know many of you listened to that episode and shared it on your social media and mentioned that that episode was helpful for you. And I know that I actually had to go back and listen to that episode myself this past week because I needed that self-reminder. And so I picked up Letting Go by David Hawkins again to read certain chapters and just certainly had a mind-blowing experience again. And I just wanted to share it with you guys. And by the way, if you are curious about the episode I'm mentioning from last year, I will link that in the show notes. Um, But again, it's, I forget which episode it was. I think it was, um, I don't know, somewhere in the early 100s. But yeah, it was released in October 2021. So you can go find that. But like I said, it will be linked in the show notes. So let's start with the Hawkins scale of consciousness. Most of you might be wondering, what is this? And is this woo-woo shit? Let me just tell you, um, you know, I have to say that I personally don't really think I'm a woo-woo person, but I also don't really, I don't really care what um, people think or say. I just think that ultimately you decide what works for you spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically even. And so something I tapped into last year after a in-depth conversation with one of my close friends, Elia, who's been on this podcast, he introduced me to this concept of Hawkins' scale of consciousness. And what it really is, is if you, you can think of it this way, it's kind of like the Maslow hierarchy of needs, but a deeper level plus it's based on your your vibration and your consciousness and so I will kind of just uh, really read it quickly it, it starts from like a vibration of 20 and it goes up to over 700 and so going from bottom up so think of it kind of like a funnel so at the bottom it's really low and then it expands it gets bigger to the top so it goes shame guilt apathy grief fear desire anger pride courage 
neutrality, willingness, acceptance, reason, love, joy, peace, and enlightenment. And to also give some context, enlightenment is very rare to achieve and is something that has more or less been um, primarily achieved by people like Buddha, Jesus, so forth, just so you can kind of get a picture. And when I spoke about this with my friend Elia over a year ago, this was when I was struggling, or I rather should say, this was when I was discussing with him certain people that have lower vibration at the time. I didn't word it like that, but more or less is it's what I'm saying is like they operate at such a lower vibration that I really, I don't know how to respond. And especially when it's people that you likely have to be around. Um, you know, I mean, again, we all have a choice, but I think there are certain people uh, that, you know, whether it's in work or whether it's family that you have to kind of find a way to overcome that internal struggle, right? So whether it's that feeling of, oh, that that person just bothers me or all these different things, let me tell you, I've always been the one to look internally at resolving it within myself so that regardless of my external environment, I can control that within. So that was when my friend Elia brought up this... I guess I could say concept of operating from a loving vibration. And just to kind of backtrack, love is kind of like the beginning of, I guess we, I would say just kind of like the entrance towards enlightenment. I mean, there's still like joy, peace, and then enlightenment, but like love is definitely what has in the book, I believe, called it like the universal vibration that uh, really just kind of uplifts everything and uh, you know at the time during my friend's conversation he was telling me that it's not something you work towards it's just something that you are it's just something that you become and it's just something that like it's it's you turn it on or you turn it off there's no like working towards it that was really hard for me to understand for a while because I'm so used to kind of gradually getting towards something or working step by step towards something but this isn't a logical process this is just like you are or you're not and the reason why he brought up love and trying to introduce me to this idea of just like vibrating with love regardless of who I'm around is because he's saying the person or the people that is internally bothering me for whatever reason it's likely because we're I guess in the context of what I was describing they are operating from a much lower vibration so you can easily split the scale into like two segments just to make it easier the top portion starting around reason I would say is love right and then the bottom portion from like shame to anger or pride I would say is fear okay and so you can put it this way to make it simple that in the context I was sharing with my friend a person was operating in the fear area of a vibration and he's basically telling me that 
if I'm operating from a love vibration, which is nonetheless just higher than the fear, it'll definitely overcome the lower vibration. And an easy way to think of it, something that I thought of myself, and I was actually funny enough sharing this with my friend Harry, who's been on the show, recent episode, um, we talk frequently, and I was telling him this thought where if you think about it, like let's just say someone at work is making a shitty comment or passive aggressive comment towards you, right? You can think of that as coming from a fear level state. And you can also make a parallel as that being like fire. So we'll put in this in this scenario, fire is equivalent to lower vibration and water is equivalent to higher vibration. So if someone is starting a fire, if you add more fire or, you know, don't, don't get technical with me, but if you add more fire to it, if you respond to fire with fire, it'll simply make a bigger fire. Alternatively, if there, if you start with a fire, but you come in with water, it's going to minimize or like make that initial fire smaller and or simply completely wipe out the fire in the first place. So that's just an easy way that I like to think of it. But right there, that's an example of how you could respond to people and things with a lower vibration. That was at the time one of my biggest struggles because I felt like I my energy was being sucked, right? And yes, most of the time it's going to feel that way, but if you learn how to master your consciousness your vibration you can learn to keep it at the same regardless of who and what you come across now again i'm not saying this is easy and i certainly am not saying most people can do this but i'm sharing this with you because it's something that i want to consistently do in my life it's something that i am currently practicing and have been practicing over the past year but it's something that I recently heavily revisited. And so I just figured it'd be nice to share again. And it's just something that I like to incorporate into what I call my mindful living lifestyle. I'm, I try to be very self-aware, um, you know, and that, that includes my strengths, my weaknesses, things I could be working on, things I could have done better, uh, ways I could be better in different areas of my life, whether that's as an entrepreneur, as a friend, as a human being, as a romantic partner, all of the above. And that's just what I like to think about on, on the daily basis. It's just like, how can I improve the quality of my mindful living process? So with that being said, something that I have been really mindful and conscious about is simply radiating with love. How can I continue to vibrate at a frequency of love, which is 500? And one thing I read in the book that was really helpful for me to remember is that a few things. Number one, if I want love, I have to first be it, right? Because like attracts like. What you are, you will attract. Secondly, it's so important to do things with love, with the intent of love, because you you love the thing, you love the person, you love yourself, whatever that is, you do it because and out of love, not because you fear 
something or you feel bad, okay? And the reason why that's important is because whether you believe in this energy and this frequency that we have amongst the world and with one another, when you're doing it out of love instead of out of feeling bad for someone, let's just put it that way, the way it's transferred with love will come out of a much higher frequency. It'll, it'll just be a lot stronger, okay? And it's something that is just very hard to explain in logical terms, which is funny because I am a very logical person on, I guess, you know, 70% of the time. I try to have like some sort of logical science behind my explanation. And there is actually a science to this as well. Um, you just honestly should just read and look into Dr. David Hawkins, but um, I can't explain it in a scientific way. I just can say that if we're going to just put it into numbers, like I said, love is one of the higher, and I'm, I'm saying this as I look at the scale, love is at 500, joy is at 540, or that's where it starts, okay? And so if you're doing something at a level of 500 compared to fear, which is 100, obviously it's going to just, 500 is stronger. You're just, it's, it's just going to be felt and received in a more loving way. So a great example in the book is when it comes to the reason behind why you try your best at work. So let's make it really simple. Let's say you are a coffee barista. The reason why one should attempt to be exceptional at making coffees is not because they're afraid of losing their job, but rather because of the love and joy they have in making someone else smile or making an impact on someone's day with the morning coffee. Again, it just translates differently when you do it because you know that feeling, and again, we've all been there, but like when you're at a job that you don't love, so because of that, you kind of go, oh, just like another day and it's very draining. You feel fatigued, you feel low energy. It's interesting when you experience it yourself, but when you shift to doing something out of love, out of service, because that's a loving act, you'll notice the way your energy shifts. You won't feel as like like tired and drained. You're going to feel a lot more light. And you, you don't know if you ever experienced this either, but you ever, you know, maybe bounce back from a time in your life and someone notices, they're like, you look happier. You look lighter. I can recall two times this happened to me. Once was back in March. I think this was, um, I think this was like, I was speaking to one of my friends, Mike Yu, another person that's been on the podcast, and we were just catching up and touching base. And he said to me, like, you just, you just sound great. You look great. You sound great. Your energy, something's different. And he's like, I don't know if it's New York or whatever, but, and I remember at the time, um, I think it was probably two things. You know, I think one, I'm love it. I love New York. It definitely has impacted my energy. But number two, I think at the time, my now partner, he had returned from a being out of town for two months and, um, you know, again, this was like a very early stage, but I think it was like a few days prior to this call with my friend Mike, he had taken me out for my birthday as a complete just surprise. It was so thoughtful. And I, I think that uh, just being with a, a new person that had such good energy with me also 
uplifted my energy as well. So that was one time, but I think another time, ironically, was um, I want to say like a couple months after I graduated, which was also a time that I um, shortly after I had already ended a, a four-year relationship and I ran into a sorority sister at a bar in Orange County and uh, again we're out of college but she was just catching up with me saying hey how are you all these things and she's like oh I noticed that you're single recently how are you doing and I'm like oh I'm doing great blah 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 she's like honestly I, I was gonna tell you like you look fantastic like you look so happy and this girl's like I'm not even really close with her like it was just like a girl that was we're in the same grade and we recognize each other we know each other but we didn't talk that much but it was just so interesting to hear her just look at me and just say you look happy I just gotta tell you that I'm like fuck like thank you you know and so it's interesting how when you are able to release the lower vibrations and to not hold on to those um people can notice it in you even if you can't see it within yourself another really helpful way for me to reframe this idea of like being a loving vibration I think of the way I at least unconditionally love animals so I I like just go back to the idea of unconditional love who and or what do you have unconditional love for why is that I'll say for animals I fucking love dogs okay like doggies are my favorite little animals um I pretty much talk to them whenever I'm like on a walk and I see a cute dog in New York I'm like oh my god hi and it's like bitch I'm not talking to you (laughs) you know um but it's really interesting because I don't have a reason it's just like I love them right so that's called unconditional love right (laughs) and so obviously going back to how can I always be of love well you just have to be it unconditionally and I just remind myself all the time that okay what's the one thing that first comes to mind when it comes to unconditional love is animals. A great example of this was actually, um, you know, the other day I was on a walk in New York, West Side Highway, and I was just listening to a podcast, minding my own business, and I see this dog owner, um, two of his dogs are not on a leash, but they're clearly very obedient to him and loyal to him and just kind of following him from behind. And uh, him and one of his dogs got a little bit ahead uh, compared to the second dog of his. I think the second one was like sniffing a pole or whatever, you know, the dog things, right? So I'm like walking kind of near the second dog. And then there's a third dog, someone else's dog comes in. um, Or like we're just walking by. It's kind of like the park area. I don't know how to explain it. Or one of the piers. And... um, the owner wasn't necessarily like his back was kind of to his dog. I think he had to take a quick phone call, but his dog was on a leash. But the first dog of the other owner that was like with him had like randomly ran over to it. I think initially saying hi, but then suddenly like barking at it. So the second dog that was lagging behind was I suddenly I saw its reaction. It was very alert. It turns and it runs towards the third dog. I think that it thought maybe a fight was about to go down. Of course, it's going to get defensive for its, you know, its brother, sister, whatever you want to call it. Um, And it pretty much, I think, like bit the third dog of the other owner. And oh my gosh, I heard that dog 
like squeal in pain and I am a dog person I have two dogs from you know at home with my parents and I've heard them squeal in pain before maybe they stepped on something sharp or whatever that may be and it is the saddest cry okay it's just so sad to hear and like it's just you can hear and you can feel the pain just from their scream you know fast forward basically I just like could not bear walking away without petting and comforting that dog that was in pain now luckily I don't there was no bleeding I didn't see a mark and I talked to that owner for a bit just to kind of make sure his dog was okay but um I remember like my instant knee-jerk reaction was literally I went straight to that dog and like gave it a hug I you know once I was already like halfway in the process I like was like can I pet your dog like is it okay and he's like yeah yeah of course and he actually like said thank you to me and on it was just so cute but I was like oh my gosh um you poor thing this is you know you don't deserve it and it was just very nice to see that there was probably my love was very much being transferred to this dog I was comforting it um you know it was whimpering a little bit but by the time I was like petting it for a while, I think it calmed down and um, I didn't think much of it until afterwards because I was like, damn, that was so random. Like, I, I think I saw some strangers like looking at me like this girl just came up to this stranger's dog to comfort it after it got bit or whatever. And I'm like, well, of course, like <laughs> what else am I going to do? So I guess that's the way I like to look at it is looking at human beings and and the things in this world as just you know as the way I love dogs and again when you think about it there's no like specific reason why you love them I mean obviously dogs are cute but I even love the non-cute dog looking ones too to be honest Um, and I just think that it comes back to you don't have expectations for them to love you back or you don't hold them to this standard that we tend to do with people in everyday life which is why I'm suggesting to reframe it in your mind in whatever you also unconditionally love just remember that when people aren't doing things the way we think they should do or want them to do and I'll get into expectations in a quick second as well but we evolve as humans okay like we we make mistakes when we're younger we make mistakes today and we learn from them and we evolve and another detail in this book it reminded me is that we gotta look at that child in us the one that doesn't know anything yet or didn't know any better we have to look at it as as a child or like a teddy bear and we like give it a hug we comfort it because we realize like damn it didn't know any better, right? And we each have that inside us. And if we mindfully and consciously can keep that awareness, we can be more loving and forgiving towards people. It's interesting to me as a side tangent, I see all the time, even in in recent light of, um, you know, I don't even watch the show, but like The Bachelor, like there's always like a new controversy about contestants and things that they, they've done. And I'm not even going to get into like shit like that because I just don't, I don't even like pay attention to what people do or don't do and whatever, because I think that's also a waste of energy. But I look at it from a lens from instead of making people feel bad or feel like shit, or in this context of what I'm talking about today is lower vibration instead of putting that on them 
for not knowing better, okay? Or at least, again, not knowing better during that time before they've evolved to who they are now. What if we gave them love and compassion for growing and learning in the process, right? It's so interesting to me that people want to hold on to the guilt, shame, which by the way is the top, is the lowest two vibrations on this scale. It's very interesting to me. Like why would we want to, A, if if we have, if we want to put that on people, that means we're feeling that. But secondly, that means like we're just forcing the rest, we're, we're, we're kind of trying to build a domino effect of shame, guilt, apathy, grief, fear onto our community and environment. Why, why would we want to do that, right? So um, that kind of parlays over into another point I have is just about not having expectations of people. I think it's very weird to expect someone, no matter who it is in your life, no matter if it's your best friend or all these things, that's where we end up fucking up our own happiness or fucking up our own internal emotions and feelings because we suddenly go, oh, they should be doing that for me. Oh, she should be doing this. He should be doing that. He owes me this text. She owes me this apology. They owe, you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, Because at the end of the day, no one actually owes you anything. Like, would it be a loving thing for someone to apologize to you if they hurt you, whatever that could have been, right? Or et cetera. I'm not going to get into details, but like, obviously, yes, that would be a very loving thing to do to apologize or to, you know, comfort you with words or text, whatever that is that you kind of think someone should do for you or to you. But at the end of the day, they don't actually like owe you that. That's on you for expecting someone else to do that for you or do that to you and the way I like to look at things um, my framework in life is is very much a mix of stoicism and this pathway of surrender that David Hawkins talks about um, in this Hawkins scale of consciousness and so you'll kind of see how I mix in my morals around stoicism and my practice with that in this little solo episode So the last thing I want to touch on really quick is something that I did mention on my episode last October around the secret to getting what you want, but this one was a big learning curve for me, and it's very much a paradox because I especially, especially as a ambitious one, you could say, um, I am very... I can look at a goal and go after it no matter what that goal is. Um, I learned this impact though when I worked in sales. I used to have a quota every month. I sold payroll. It was a very fun but also high stress job, especially you know if you weren't hitting your quota because I think if you missed it for three months or so, like you'll start getting put on a certain list where like they're going to monitor you. And if you don't make it, then of course, like you're out. But I remember at the time I called my friend Mike and I was telling him like, how do I get this deal? You know, this one is a huge one. It's going to be worth this much to me. I will go way over quota this month if I get the deal. Um, There seems to be a lot of back and forth. I don't know why it's so difficult. So I needed his advice because he's great at sales and great at closing deals. 
And I would never forget, I was sitting in Laguna Beach in my car. Uh, that was my territory. <laughs> and I was looking at the water and he just tells me over the phone, he goes, you know, Emily, it's really interesting. They always come to you when you're not pushing for it. When you ironically actually like don't even want the deal, it'll come to you. So he actually told me to not push it, to not follow up and to just let it be. Very much just applying the let it go, surrender it, which is a same concept I learned in this book when it came to a chapter about desire. When you want something, you are subconsciously telling your psyche that you don't already have it and therefore it creates resistance to actually getting whatever it is that you want. It creates friction. So the key, and it is a practice, but the key to actually overcoming that friction and reducing and or minimizing the entire resistance to getting it in the first place is to put it out there, write it down, put in your phone notes, whatever, write down what it is that you want that's goal oriented, you know, whether it's, you know, in my case, like one of my top desires is definitely a loving relationship and a fulfilling job or fulfilling career. The secret to getting that, ironically, is, you know, saying that you want it, but then knowing that you already fucking have it. And then very much just letting that desire go. Don't let it eat at you every single day because each day you're going to wake up right again I'll bring back to the example of when I worked in sales I was like every day I'd wake up I'm like oh my god I need to close this deal today we need to sign these fucking documents today and every like every day as it got closer to the end of the month which is when we start to calculate if we're hitting our month or hitting our quota I'd be like oh god damn it like just respond to my emails, pick up my phone calls, whatever. And you got to remember it this way, okay? And this kind of, again, applies to all areas of, li of life, uh, if you think about it, especially relationships. But that person who is receiving my emails, receiving my phone calls or text messages, they are going to feel that I'm, maybe we can put it in these terms, maybe pushy or maybe a little needy. Okay, they're gonna, they're just not gonna be receptive to it. No one wants to, like, they always feel very resistant to someone that's pushy, right? I feel that way too. Now that I work for myself, I get people that cold email me, cold pitch me, all for different reasons, trying to sell me something. And, um, you know, when people overdo it, it's just like, you just, you just go, you go, eh, about it, you know? Uh, so think of it that way. That's why I wrote down here in my notes, a modern day example is how they always come back or they always end up reaching out to you when you aren't thinking of them, when you aren't looking for their text, when you aren't looking to reach out to them. When you're like doing your own life and doing your damn thing, I guess, again, modern day version example, in that, and again, the parallel to that is you like you want it, but then you let it go. You surrender to it. You become indifferent. 
that's when it comes to you. It is so funny. I remember I got that deal shortly after when I like didn't necessarily care anymore. It came to me afterwards and I closed other deals. Another recent example was when there was a day I woke up, I got an email from a prospect client for my marketing agency and they told me that they went with someone else. That one I thought I had in the bag, to be honest. I thought that we were going to move forward together. Not that I had it in the bag in an easy way, but I just thought that we were in alignment and I didn't really see why we couldn't move forward together. But regardless, um, we didn't. And then, you know what? I kind of just, I kind of just like, you know, I, I let myself just be light. I was like, you know what? It is what it is. Again, kind of like being indifferent to it is also, in my point of view, a similar way to letting it go. So I was very indifferent, nonchalant. I was like, you know what? Can't like, can't change your mind. You know, it's what it is. And then I went into a podcast recording. And then afterwards, I opened my phone, checked my emails. And lo and behold, I had a new prospect that was referred to me by one of my clients who I was kind of surprised even referred me, not because she doesn't love me, but because, um, you know, I, it's it's sometimes tough to just bring it up out of the blue. Like, oh, hey, yeah, like I recommend Emily because I know you're looking for someone to do your all your marketing stuff. So anyways, um, that came in and then I ended up getting it. And honestly, I can't deny that it was really, it was a really good client alignment and and someone that is really good for me to work with and also was definitely more of what I needed in what I was looking for in terms of like a new client for me to have and so I just have to say it's it's very interesting how it quite frankly almost instantly comes the moment you surrender it's weird okay like you give it like two days and suddenly it comes to you no matter whatever that may be um, or it just comes sooner than you think. Like you might think it's going to take like months or whatever. Okay, I'll give one last example. Sorry. Like I said, this was going to be a ranting raw thoughts kind of episode, but I remember last year around this time of year in September, I was still thinking about this guy who had did the most abrupt ghost I've ever experienced. I'm talking like we, it was a Friday and I, I brought this up on previous episodes. So at this point, you if you listen for a while, you know what and who I'm talking about. There's this guy that I liked. I thought I liked a lot. And basically, he ghosted me like the night before we were going to go get lunch the next day. And mind you, I saw him the day that he even ghosted me. It's just very strange. And I guess just for context, fast forward, um, in recent times, he has reached out to me not once, but twice. And he did actually indeed apologize for kind of the way he handled that. But you could just tell from the way he is and like just what he um, was texting me about. I could just tell he he's just, he hasn't changed. He's just a, in my eyes, um needs a lot of growing to do even though he's technically a a grown man you could say um he's just emotional age is not there (laughs) anyways I point is I was still thinking about him even after he ghosted me and I you know I, I would say like a month later I was still thinking about him 
So I pulled it out of myself to reach out one more time, just to, like say, hey, how are you? Give it a shot. I did. He reads it. The red receipts were on. He didn't respond. And I'm like, you know what? There it is. Like, that's my answer. It's fine. And then I moved on. It was tough, though. It was actually a weird, tough feeling. I don't know why. I just, it just was really tough. But once I, like, really surrendered, I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'm going to just let it go and and be indifferent about it. No joke. (laughs) A week later, I met someone new who I never dated, but we was definitely the the most interesting New York fling I've had for months. And all my friends know about this guy. It's just it was just a really funny inside joke of like, oh, like what's going on with so and so and it just lasted for months. But I met him last September a week after I had surrendered and became indifferent to this guy that had ghosted me and this one that came in was just I mean just way better in many aspects um but there was I I, yeah there was definitely other elements to it as to why I was never gonna like date this guy but um nonetheless definitely allowed me to see that even even though this new guy that I had met once I let go even though he was in alignment with me in a lot of different elements, there certainly, I certainly knew like it wasn't in alignment enough for me to ever have the desire to date him and vice versa. Probably there's just, again, other elements to it, but there was a definitely strong emotional and we can just probably say sexual chemistry there or compatibility, um, emotional and sexual connection. There we go. Physical connection. But I will say the emotion came like, I don't know, the emotional aspect was there. It came first. Okay. Just, just to be clear, like I'm not, (laughs) yes, physical connection often happens frequently, but like there was an emotional connection there from the first few months of knowing this person. And so I guess like that was very long winded, but what I'm really saying is once I surrendered something that was less in alignment with me I can't say it wasn't in alignment but it was you know because there were certain things that the guy that ghosted me like that were in alignment with me it just wasn't at its maximum potential if that makes sense so once I let that go I was able to come across someone that had more of an alignment with me than the other guy yet this one again still wasn't its maximum potential but it just opened my eyes to see how crazy of an impact that is from the moment I surrendered I guess the desire for the other person um this new one came in and it was just like okay like I see I see how this little consciousness works (laughs) but anyways to wrap this up I want to share something I added in my lock screen today as we speak I wrote down just a bunch of little sentences, affirmations, if you will, in my notes app. And it's something that I want to be able to see every day as a reminder, especially when it comes to being of love, being a human being, soul, whatever, like being a loving vibration. So I wrote down these affirmations and I just will read it to you 
Um, if you want to kind of do the same thing for yourself, I just literally wrote it on my phone notes. I screenshotted it and then I set it as my wallpaper for my lock screen. So I wrote, Emily radiates with loving vibration. I am full of love and joy. Everything I do is out of love. I have everything I need and want. When you desire something, your subconscious mind believes it doesn't already have it. No need to desire because you already have it. I have a loving partner, boyfriend, and relationship. Unconditional love for everything and everyone, just like for doggies. And then I have a little doggy emoji. It's just so funny. I have to I have to add as well that whenever I say the word doggy or I just like look at the word dogs, I just smile. Like I can't help but smile. Or when I saw a dog today as I was drinking coffee, I was just smiling at them and giving them all love and snuggles. And so anyways, um, that is certainly one of my big goals is to be consistently radiating at a loving vibration put myself up to that challenge and um, whenever I struggle with having that unconditional love aura I just think of doggies (laughs) and um, I think I can bounce back to that so hopefully this episode was a good push for you was something that was food for thought and maybe it's something of interest to you if it's if you know if spirituality consciousness awareness mindfulness is something that you want to tap into and and practice in your own life i highly recommend the book letting go by david hawkins there's just so many elements to it i also recommend just googling about hawkins scale of consciousness look at the photo on google and maybe that can just give you an idea and as always i hope you can radiate with love today and every day as much as you can and to the best of your ability. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you could actually personally send me a DM on this one. It would really mean the world to me if you just message me on Insta and tell me if this episode resonated with you in any way. I love getting personal with you guys. And of course, if you share this with a friend, Um, or your Instagram story, then just tag at what fulfills you Instagram and or at Emily E. Duong. Both are my Instagrams. And yeah, that is all I have for you all today. Enjoy the weekend if you are listening to this on your self-care weekend. So excited for the cozy fall season and I will chat with you all in the next episode.